Every Thursday, we'll be releasing a pair of interviews with some amazing nonprofits talking about their awesome impact in the communities they are in. We'll talk about some challenges they've faced and chat about their best tips and tricks that might just help your organization do good better. Hey, enjoy these mini episodes of inspiration that make a major difference in the lives of those served by these incredible nonprofits. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Hey, you busy fundraiser. Yeah, you. Listen, I know you're busy planning an event and you shouldn't have to worry about what software you're using for events and online giving and peer-to-peer fundraising and auctions and mobile bidding and text to give. It's all at OneCause, OneCause.com. Listen, I've been using OneCause for a long time with clients all over. It's designed for busy fundraisers. It's intuitive. It's a powerful fundraising solution for your next event and you should be using it. Go to onecause.com. They're a sponsor of the show. They're amazing. They're awesome. And there's free resources galore at onecause.com. Check them out today. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you've got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So contact Brady Martz to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits. And not ironically at all, the ones who can help us best are the ones who are running small and medium-sized nonprofits. With me today, a wonderful guest, Julie Hitchin. She is the executive director of the Community Foundation of Marshall County. Julie, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm very glad to have you. As people are finding us on YouTube or they're finding us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're finding this delightful podcast, they probably are very interested in what you have to say, but they might not know who you are. So could we start the show off with a 5,000 foot view of who you are, what you do and why we're talking today? Uh, Julie Hitchens, I was a corporate accountant for 30 years uh, and left the corporate world uh, when Marshalltown experienced an EF. Uh, four tornado. It was on the ground for 23 minutes. So my passions changed to uh, making this world a better place. Uh, Community Foundation has been around for about 15 years. Uh, There's Iowa legislation that really uh, encourages a community foundation in every county in Iowa. We have 99 of them. 
Uh, there's some tax benefits, and then we get some uh, gaming dollars from casinos. We grant out about $100,000 every year, granted about $1.6 million in total just from that program. Uh, Marshall County is, uh, Marshall Town is kind of the county seat. We have about 25,000 people here and then rural areas surrounding with about 10,000. So uh, the role of the community foundation is really, I talk about four pillars because I'm a, you know, numbers girl. First pillar is our funds. Uh, we have individuals and organizations with funds. Uh, they total about $7.9 million and there's 90 of them. Majority of the money uh, that is granted from those funds stays right here in Marshall County. Last year, that was over $782,000, which is great. Um, we do a lot of community work. So yesterday, I got a call that uh, we may be hosting Ukraine refugees. And could we help with the fundraising? Absolutely. We can start a fund. We can be your nonprofit. Um, so our community has been Unfortunately, in our role, disaster philanthropy, we had a tornado, a derecho, inline hurricane, and then COVID. So we've been very active in disaster philanthropy, uh, still recovering from the tornado four years ago. Uh, we do student philanthropy, uh, which is, that is my favorite. That's where my passion is. My grandmother was a, a high school teacher, and I probably should have been. Uh, we work with high school, high school students on learning about giving your time, talent, and treasure. So they do part of our grant making, and then we do a lot of volunteer work. And I really feel like we're building the leaders for tomorrow. Um, and our last pillar is our grant making. That's where community foundations really shine is uh, in grant making. And so we have our casino dollars that we grant out every year. Um, and then we do some uh, funds we do some domestic violent grants and we have a large endowment for domestic violence. So our grant making is where we shine as a foundation, but we just want Marshall County to be um, the best place to live, learn, work, and play. I think a lot of nonprofits look at community foundations and um, they don't know enough about them. So they're kind of scary. And, uh, I, and I think when you talk about some of these pillars and these grant opportunities and these funding opportunities, I think a lot of nonprofits go, well, they don't know who we are, so I don't think we should probably engage with them or we're not on their radar. Can you walk me through and walk everybody listening through that it's okay to build a relationship with people who work at community foundations and that it's okay to let you know who you are and let them know who you are and then understand that this is kind of just like a donor who just happens to be having a whole bunch of funding that's mechanized. Cause I, I want to humanize this because it seems to me like smaller nonprofits and medium-sized nonprofits don't understand or don't recognize that this is a wonderful opportunity to build a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I always encourage our nonprofits to let me know what are your needs. Um, I love being a connector. So uh, our fraternal order of police needed, they want to do a school supply drive. Well, I happen to know another organization that had pallets of school supplies, but couldn't get them distributed. You make that connection. That, that's part of our role. And then letting me know about projects. I have so many, not necessarily even people or organizations with funds um, that will call me up and say, hey, we want to donate. We just did a large construction project here. We always donate a certain percentage to a nonprofit, to a cause. 
give us give us five to choose from. So I want to know the good, bad, and the ugly, um, and what your needs are. And uh, collaboration is something that I personally really believe in, and as a foundation, we really believe in. We're better together. Uh, we're better uh, together serving those in need when we work together. And uh, you always should talk to community foundation, even if you can't, we have a lot of organizations that choose to invest with us because we have a pretty safe, low cost way to be in the market um, where you can access that money. All the, you can take it all out. So it's a different investment tool for organizations. Um, But even if you don't have a fund, let me know what's going on. Um, You know, we could, we can act as your nonprofit. Uh, We do that for an immigrant allies group believe in what they do. They do fabulous work for some very vulnerable people and we, we're their nonprofit. So you, your community foundation is truly your friend, truly, yeah. truly your friend. I love that. And it's just good emphasis that, Hey, it's okay to reach out and call and talk. They're not big, scary, and it's going to be okay. And there's a lot of resources there, even if it's not just only monetary connections as well. You probably have a million of these stories but it's very hard to run a nonprofit. It's very hard to run a community foundation. There's a lot of stressors that come with it. What's the one story that you go back to that reminds you, oh, no matter how stressful it gets, this is kind of why we do what we do. Uh, I'm going to go to student philanthropy. So we uh, often serve, especially during COVID, uh, the students uh, weren't scared of COVID. So we did a lot of serving at our home uh, homeless. It was, it's not a shelter. We just do a nightly meal, but we did a lot of serving. And I have one, had one student, she was kind of a challenge, Uh, you know, know the family. She's got everything she needs. She's just always looking for more. And she came up, we served one night and it was, it was a hot night in July. And um, she came up to me and I thought, oh boy, here we go. And she said, Julie, I never knew how good I had it. And to show students that the world isn't perfect. It's not a perfect place, but to feel that joy of giving your time and talent and knowing you fed someone or some family tonight that didn't have food, that's worth everything. And that's morphed into little free pantries that we stock, um, lots of volunteering and just knowledge that they're more, students are more aware of the needs of their fellow students you know, they notice that somebody doesn't eat lunch and they, they figure out how to help them. Yeah, it's funny. We talk about generational giving and it's usually, hey, who are the old people that are about to croak and we need to go build a relationship with them? And rarely do you find uh, groups that are solely con- or really concentrating on the next generation. And I'm talking the early generation. These are the young kids who are coming up. And if you learn philanthropy early, man, that's, you want to talk about lifelong learning? There, right there is learning how to do that. I love that. There's challenges galore. Nonprofits don't get away with this. It's not all sunshine and rainbows and puppy dogs and ice cream. Uh, you've had a, a your, your pick. Pick what challenge that you have had in in, in Marshall County. Um, how do you overcome a disaster of that magnitude? Because uh, I think that's really where it, it gives people perspective, just like you said, it gives people perspective on, oh, okay, things aren't necessarily that bad at our organization. So maybe you can kind of describe that process of going from, whoa, to, hey, I think we got this. 
Right, right. So we we definitely had some lessons learned um, among nonprofits from the tornado. And the biggest lesson learned is know your role. One organization to provide individual support. So those people that are are missed, disaster philanthropy is the people that don't maybe have the insurance or they're missed by government programs. We didn't get any FEMA individual assistance for the tornado, believe it or not, how horrific it was. We did not. It was an election year, to be very frank. Um, Know your lane. So we had a lot of people trying to do individual assistance, and it was very confusing. Uh, When when we had the Dre show, we knew one, and, and COVID, we had one point of entry for individuals. And then like the Salvation Army says, we're really good with food. That's kind of their thing. They've got the little trucks that drive around. And uh, I trust me, I ate a lot of hamburgers out of their truck during the tornado. Um, they said, we can do food. Mm-hmm. And as a foundation, our role was taking in donations. That's what we can do. We can do, do the bank. We can we can take the money in, acknowledge it, and get it back. But for disaster philanthropy, we don't have a, a really plan that's written out. We have a lot of relationships that were formed and we know what our roles are and our roles may change. Uh, COVID, we had one organization do individual assistance. When the derecho hit, they said uh, our building was damaged. We can't, Um, but somebody else stepped up. So disaster philanthropy is knowing your lane and lots of communication, lots and lots of communication, but make it easy for individuals and make it easy for donors and get your, get your, have your fund ready to go. And taking those donations because those first couple of days is when the majority of the individual giving happens. I feel like this is going to be a redundant question because you just gave so many awesome, amazing tips on just sort of how to get your brain ready to, to sort of overcome some of the challenges. But is there another tip or trick that you can give a nonprofit who's listening today that says, all right, I'm, I'm looking and seeking out for a little bit of info that I can maybe apply to my daily fundraising or marketing or just general nonprofit leadership life. Julie, a tip and a trick for us. My tip, and you know, this this was learned definitely is be present. So if there is an event, I try to be at it. Um, I try to talk to people. Um, you know, build those relationships. Frankly, a discussion over a glass of wine one night led to some legislation that will be. We got to get it through our house. We got it through the house. We have to get it through our senate. Iowa legislature, but over wine saying, hey, there's all these sports gaming dollars that are happening because that became legal in Iowa. Why doesn't the community foundation, they have to give so much to the state. We do great grant making with the, the casino dollars. Can we do sports gaming too? And that little conversation um, will most likely lead to our county receiving another $75,000 to $100,000 a year for grants. So you always have to be present. You always have to be telling your story um, and just making those connections. So attend those chamber after hours, you know, attend other nonprofits celebrations, be present um, and, and speak on behalf of your organization. I love that. Uh, I, I especially love go to other organizations events celebrate their wins and you're not you're not poaching people you're just lifting up the community as a whole you're you're emulating what a community foundation does at your own nonprofit which is be everywhere 
you know, sort of, uh, you know, put yourself out there, tell your story. That's such a wonderful tip. I think we get a little bit behind our computers and that's our little safe space. We don't necessarily want to go out uh, to, to sort of go to stuff. It's, you know, you've got timing issues. That's great tip. Okay. People are probably going to want to go and check out everything that you've got. And they're probably going to want to check out how you got there and, and really all the cool things that you were doing over at the Community Foundation of Marshall County, but they might not know where to go. If I've got a boatload of money and I want to donate it to you, or I'm just generally interested in what you're doing, how do I find you? Uh, we're on the web. It is Community Foundation of Marshall County, Iowa. So you got to remember Iowa because there are other Marshall counties in the United States. So we're Community Foundation of Marshall County, Iowa. Um, all our contact information is there. You know, I, I again, if it's not our community foundation, find your local community foundation. They are connectors. They're going to check. They're going to connect donors with causes they care about. Uh, and and they do great work. So support your organizations, but your community foundation also has to be supported. Obviously, I don't do my job for free. Um, so make sure you support them because they're supporting your community. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to took all those uh, links. We'll put them in the show notes as usual. And while you're on the internet, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you probably should. And then immediately go back and click on everything that you're uh, you're hearing about today. Uh, Julie, thank you so much for your perspective. Thanks so much for your enthusiasm for just doing good in the community. Uh, thanks for kind of making the community foundations not so scary. Frankly, really exciting to get a hold of. But most of all, thank you for being a guest here on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you. Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you go to dogooduniversity.com, that's dogooduniversity.com, and you register for one of the courses, I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesome or a practical guide to staying sane while doing good for free because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, use the promo code podcast. Take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer. And I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today.